Good evening and welcome to Slam the Gavel, the show that tells it all regarding family court, other court issues, as well as CPS. I am your host, Marianne Petrie. I have a return guest on. I have Reggie and Tamson Bowles. They were last on December 2nd of 2022, Season 3, Episode 167, where they talked about their never-ending nightmare of CPS and the destruction of their family unit. And they were on the podcast, and like many other families in Oklahoma and across the United States, they were violated by CPS unlawfully and had their children stolen. The children were placed in kinship care at that time. In the case of the Bowles family, however, this has happened now twice. CPS is in violation of the law and morality. What does CPS care about families and their children who are thriving in their own homes? They're basically a rogue three-letter alphabet soup agency that answers to no one with no oversight. Now, we've got some updates. Apparently, the head DA hasn't seen some evidence before, which would be the ER report, which was withheld by the ADA advocate. Now, the head DA now has it. However, Tamson has called his office several times, and this has been going on for several weeks, and he's not responding. So I welcome you back to the podcast, Tamson and Reggie, and I'm sorry you're... you're having to go through justice delayed and justice denied. So, you know, where are you at right now with everything in your case? Still trial reunification. That void court-ordered service plan, a.k.a. extortion, despite having no legal aid to stand on, as I said before. And like I said, the... uh, No, I had not called in recent times the... uh, the uh, DA's office. Um, actually, I'm not sure I've ever called them. I know my advocates have. I mean, local mm-hmm. and otherwise. Uh, and the local ones have actually talked to him face to face. And uh, that's how he got the evidence recently. And I do know that it's hard to get him when you call. It's hard to get a hold of him directly. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so it's been like a couple weeks now that, that he's had the evidence. So I was told by my local advocates and crickets. And so the ER reports, vital facet of our defense, about that we wouldn't have a case. That's why the ADA had to withheld them from, withheld them from discovery. That's uh, Matthew Helberg, by the way, who maliciously prosecuted us. And so Stephen Caswaller, the head DA, yeah, he's got what he needs and he can shut this down with that evidence and either he hasn't looked at it or he uh, or he's looked at it and isn't doing anything because once you look at it there's no turning back well hey there's no turning back so stephen caswell this da (laughs) yeah uh it would probably just take him half an hour to look over everything and clear this up oh well actually well, I mean, if you look at everything, it would take more than probably more than half an hour. I'm sure more than half an hour. But if you look at the, well, let's just say we'll go with the ER reports. If you read them, you probably have to read the whole thing, right? Yeah. I mean, really, yeah. And there's some Google. There's some terms that you medical terminology that you would have to Google. That's fine. But you know, I did that. I'm who am I? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's right. not that hard. And 
uh, now when you reference the uh, the CDC, the charts of the CDC in the World Health Organization, you'll see the kids were well within their weights for their age group at the time mm-hmm. uh, of the night of the removal because, the, like I said, the CPS, uh, CPS had taken them to the ER once they removed them from our home, kidnapped, I should say, and so they were well within their weight for their age group. But the uh, the ER reports the way it's set up. And this is an ER doctor, Amanda Madden at uh, St. Francis Children's Hospital. The ER, the, I mean, no, not Children's Hospital, well, the, uh, the Children's ER. She, uh, what she did, and people are doing this stuff because a DA can allow this. Keep that in mind, too. That's why they're getting away with this stuff. For her to do what she did, this is an ER doctor that people take their children to. Well, she's got it where it says malnourished. But when you look at the, re- I mean, that's the final diagnosis for both boys. When you look at the rest of it for both boys, they're fine. But most people, a lot of times, I mean, you might be the same way, Marianne. A lot of people may even just look at like, okay, there's a diagnosis there. Oh no, they're look what they're doing to their kids, uh, something like that. But look at the rest. Yeah, the diagnosis is not lining up with the report. Period. Mm-hmm. It's not just their weights. That's just based on their weights. I mean. Yeah, like I said, uh, you'd have to Google some terminology to know that their head, eyes, ears, nose, and throat, both boys, clear. I mean, they pass that. Norm- oh, I'm sorry, normal. And now here's something you don't have to determine, uh, Google the terminology. It says both boys' lungs are clear. I mean, those exact words. Mm-hmm. So do these sound like, does this sound like unhealthy boys to you? I mean, how can they be malnourished with all those factors in place? Now, here's the key point. They said they look malnourished. You yeah, can look at the ER report and it shows plainly mm-hmm. that they're not malnourished, that they're in great shape and well in the weight for their age group. And mm-hmm. there's no reference whatsoever to dark circles around the eyes. Yes, that too. Therefore, if you look at the ER and you look at the sworn affidavit, somebody's lying. Mm-hmm. So what is it? Is the ER report lying or is the person who wrote out the sworn affidavit lying? Uh, and I'll add the sworn affidavit is in that file that he's got now. Yeah. Uh, and the other side did not use that that sworn affidavit in their in the trial. They didn't use that on their side. We didn't use it on ours either. We had the ER reports on our side uh, at the trial. They didn't, but we did because it was withheld from discovery. But we got it, so it's mm-hmm. our evidence. Like I said, final judgment. Uh, our all of our evidence disregarded. It was in fine print. So like you said about malicious the, prosecution withholding mm-hmm. evidence, they should have presented us the defense with the ER report. Mm-hmm. If we hadn't brought it forward, never saw the light of day, and once. The DA, assistant DA, saw the yard court. Mm-hmm. He had no reason whatsoever to continue at the prosecution, but he went ahead anyway. That's malicious prosecution. It's shown plainly, and you see that in the report. You know they had to lie on the sworn affidavit. You see in the yard report, you know they lied in court. Mm-hmm. So the DA, assistant DA, withheld evidence. Also, he withheld the police video. Yes. And then after all this, like I said before, the cherry on the top, the judge changes our sworn testimony on the final judgment. Mm-hmm. And the ADA knew that, and he's still alive. Yeah. I mean, all along this past, going on three years now, at any time, any of these officials, all they have to do is look at the ER report and call stop to this host charade. Yeah, I mean, the ER report alone, yeah. There's a reason they kept it. Because even when Reggie came, went down to go try to get it, they looked at him like he was a monster. Yeah, they, they tried to withhold it. Yeah, but uh, he kept putting his foot down. And and he got what he needed. And then when we tried to bring it forward for in court, my lawyer 
wouldn't bring it to the judge because she said, you know, we're not. That was, uh, I mean, there were our friends that looked over. Yeah, but, also, yeah, but yeah. still, you're supposed to be able to bring forth any new evidence you have. So mm -hmm. she should have brought it forth to the judge. Now, if it's above the judge's pay grade to read it, to understand it, get somebody to read it to him. Yeah, you didn't, this is too clear. No, you didn't need a doctor. But it's just, the, see, nobody wanted to look. Nobody wanted to see it all mm -hmm. the way along. And by the time that we got a doctor to look at it, they'd already drawn up an amended yeah. petition mm -hmm. based on pretty much that meeting uh, that they sent us to a week after they took the boys um, and they used some fruit of the poisonous tree based on actually my mental health because it was brought up there. Um, and they just came up with other things. And still, I think they were kind of going back and forth trying to say the kids were malnourished. I mean, sometimes they'd back away from that. And even you get that even to this day. Yeah, they still they've been trying to stick to that story for the past three years. But sometimes right? they'll shy away from yeah. it. It's just really weird how that works. I mean, if that makes any sense. I mean, I guess it makes <laughs> sense in a way, but in a way it doesn't. So, um, but yeah, but the, they keep getting consistent with well, like I said, Nigel, uh, how to treat it. Uh, Tamsin, are you okay? I mean, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And that was pretty much their narrative. This, these are all the same things, kind of issues that we had in 2016 too. Yeah, well, once it's been shown that they purged themselves from sworn affidavit, purged themselves in court, but now, but you didn't treat Nigel the way we think you should be treated. This had nothing to do with taking the children, though. Nothing whatsoever. And we're concerned about Tamsin's mental health. So, you know, if we can't get you here, we'll just get you there. And we can't get you there, we'll get you here. But even after we proved that it, to go in that door that night, you had to lie. You had to purge yourself. On sworn mm -hmm. affidavit. And to this day, we have no proof that the person who wrote out the sworn affidavit was even there that night. It's not in the reports. No. They like to put that stuff in the reports. So she probably wasn't there. No, and we have no video footage of her being there. So. Oh, yeah. The corruption is so deep in your case. Yes. And like I pointed out before, the police, <sighs> once they uh, were outside our door most of the day, they wouldn't go in without a red R court order. Once the red court order came down, the police refused to act on them and told CPS to get the sheriff's department to do it for them. And it's just going on from there, on and on and on and on. And, on. Mm. and that's where the sheriff's department arrested her. And just, you know, it just, just steamrolls. But anytime along, anybody, all you had to do is stop, wait, and look. And they didn't want to do it because it's CPS. And like I said, they um, have a quota. He might says they don't, they know what they're talking about. I mean, I can't do, prove it, but it's pretty obvious that if you don't get the same amount of children each year, you don't get as much money. Mm -hmm. You want as much money as you had last year or more money, you have to get more children. So, yeah, yeah, and the ADA, yeah. yeah, he withheld those ER reports. He had it because, uh, one, it had to be because, uh, too much in our favor. So to and, paraphrase a certain uh, president, let's, let's, uh, <laughs> Let's get the children now and worry about due process later. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the ADA, yeah, it was too much in our favor. The ER works too much in our favor. Yeah. And proving sworn affidavit perjury on the, I mean, perjury on the sworn affidavit. And like I mentioned, the person who, the CPS worker who proves yourself in court is the very person who signed off on the ER report. That's just how blatant it is. <sighs> she signed off on this report. That means I agree as a representative for CBS, this report 100%. She could wrote down there, well, I agree with this part of the report. I disagree with that. No, I agree with this report. And that report has no dark circles on it. And the children are fine. Now, take it from there. Now, was that Never was Dr. Video. Amanda 
mad? Amanda Madden, that's the ER doctor. Was she the one that perjured herself or no? No, no. the CPS worker perjured Oh, God, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, our private attorney wouldn't bring in Dr. Madden for some oh. reason. Yeah, uh, she had some lame excuse for not bringing her in. And that would have been very easy to trip up. I mean, someone like that. But she wouldn't bring her in. At first, she was talking about bringing her in. And then she bit doubled down. Oh. Yeah, I went, down, I went down to the uh, hospital and tried to get oh, doctor yeah. early on. Once we got to the airport, I wanted to talk to the doctor about them, and she would not talk to me because then she'd have to explain why why it says this here, why does it say this here? Now she didn't want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's yeah, I know involved. she was there that time when I went looking, you know, because I asked, "Is she here?" Well, we can't say if she's here or not, but we want to know why you want to talk to her. Well. Uh. <laughs> Oh my God, I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah, they do have quotas and they do perjure themselves on the stand all the time. Yeah, but for, a, but needs for to be an aware. ER doctor to be involved? An ER doctor of all people? Well, I said, what's the sad part of this whole thing, this three years and the second time around we've gone through, if, and this is a big if, if they had sent him to their go-to pediatrician that night, instead of sending him to the R, we would not have a case. Because you send the children to either go treat pediatricians, they will give you a case. And by sending to the R, that's their arrogance. By sending them there, they prove the children are fine. Mm-hmm. But ever since then, they have to prove that, well, let's just disregard that. Let's try to go some other direction to justify keeping these children. And now mm-hmm. we're still going like uh, next month to court. If somebody if doesn't step forward and stop before then and go before the judge and she can and she can end it all then or she can try to continue or she can go any direction with it. But it shouldn't even go that far. It should have been stopped a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that one worker that perjured herself and um, and signed off on the ER report, uh, no, she, uh, CPS, uh, no, she's the one that uh, came by herself in 2019, November 2019, she saw both of her kids through the sliding glass door. And in fact, her younger son had even waved to her. She waved back right. before walking away on her while talking on her phone. And so she can see both the kids. I mean, why are you targeting these kids that, I mean, we're all, all four of us were standing together. Mm-hmm. We had dinner on the stove. <clears throat> and, um, and then she goes to look at the, like I said, she went to look at the um, medical records. Yeah, we talked about that last time. Um, yeah, so you're gonna call. Yeah, medical records, and then yeah, because it was reported allegedly that uh, the neighbor had said some of them looking skinny. So oh, no. kids hadn't been there in a long time. When she looks, goes to look without her consent uh, at the medical records. So she comes back January 10th, 2020, with the TPD. And she got those uh-huh. dates wrong about when they'd been to a medical report last and all that. Yeah, that was in discovery. Yeah, yeah they, they, had, they had it all wrong. So if you're going, if you're going to violate HIPAA, you know, get all the information. Well, out. she didn't even she didn't know her younger son's name. Yeah, Actually, she didn't know either one of their names. No. Yeah, uh, oh. she uh, and she scooped up our younger son. She's on video on the sheriff's video doing that. Yeah, yeah. After I get beaten up, yeah. I mean, she asked him. It's on the sheriff, the deputy uh, sheriff deputy. Their uh, body cam footage. She asked him, "Do you want to come with me?" It's our younger son. He was three years old. Oh, and he shook his head. Yeah, no, he shook his he head. No, and he tried to go back to Tamsin to his mom, and she scooped him up. And she was laughing. Yeah, 
And he had just oh. seen me get beaten up by the deputies. Oh. And that's traumatic for a child. And the CPS caseworkers obviously don't know about or care about ACEs scores. Ugh. What scores? ACEs. Um, if you Google ACEs scores, a, a test will come up because I Googled it and the test comes up. I think, believe it's like 12 to 14 questions. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it asks you, have you ever had a parent in, imprisoned? Have you had, you know, it just gives you, asks you really quick, short questions. I mean, I scored an eight. That's bad. And, um, you know, my kids have scored. Um, high as well. And what that will do and what it shows is what will happen to this child later in life. They'll be more susceptible to cancers, more susceptible to, you know, we'll say stomach ulcers, um, lung issues, things like Correct. that. It's just a toxin. Yes. And uh, that's what that caseworker exposed your child to is all this stuff. Yes. And, and they're with kinship care it, right now. No, yeah, they're, they're, they're with us. Because, they're, back uh, they're back with you. So you still have to go back to court next month. Yeah, I still have to go back to court it's, next it's month. Scheduled, yeah. And, and if the judge has had her coffee, we'll get the children back. And not, and I'm not just joking about that. That's how bad sometimes these judges. You know, if they got up the wrong side of the bed, you're in trouble. If not, you know, the law. What's the law? I'm the judge. Yeah, um, I was dealing with a judge. Uh, she was crazy. And it depended oh, on her lipstick. Because <laughs> one, one of the nurses I worked with, she said, if she comes out with that soft pink um, lipstick, you could be okay. But if she wears peach, you're in trouble. That's another nutcase. But that's another podcast in itself. But um, people think that we're exaggerating. We're not. We've been through this. Yes. Some oh, yeah. people are nutty as a fruitcake in the positions of authority. Right. What's the judge's name? Which one? Julie, uh, still, uh, Julie Doss. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it D-O-S-S? -S? Yeah. Hmm. If you want go ahead. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, in recent times, I had learned that, uh, and this is months ago that I learned this, and it's pretty crazy. Um, Sal Munoz, that's her, the judge's case manager. With him, he may have represented our kids back in 2016, yeah. the children's attorney, mm -hmm. back in 2016. We're not sure. And now he's the case manager. So. Of the judge. Yeah. yeah. And if he was the kids' uh, attorney back in 2016, look what he allowed. Mm -hmm. for his clients and i have case law where he violated a mother i mean i've seen case law where he violated a mother's constitutional rights and he knew he was because the mother was trying to get her kids back and her her attorney uh addressed the, uh the constitution what the constitutional about her constitutional rights and sal said that that's correct about her constitutional rights then he says but yeah but yeah there's no but with the Constitution. Yeah. I mean, your rights have been violated, but there's no but. Yeah. <laughs> and because of that, that woman lost her children. Yeah. Oh, this is just terrible. Well, I, even our private attorney, mm -hmm. family law attorney, when mm -hmm. we went in there, she told me on the phone, you know, because she'd been in the, the courtroom 
arranging me for the trial. And she told me as I watched the Constitution crumble around me. Oh, I, I believe it. Yeah, but your rights are inalienable. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I mean, doesn't matter. Court about that. It's not a real court. I mean, it is, but I mean, it's bogus. I mean, it's it's real because it's there, but it's bogus. I think it's I went through this before. People need to know what's going on. They can take your children without a warrant. There is no warrant. Wait, you need a warrant? No, you don't. They can keep your children out of jury trial. Wait, you can, if I go to trial, I get to have jury. No, you don't. Uh huh. Welcome to family court. Right, First right. Time? Do you have uh, cameras in, in your no. courtroom or no? No. Not in family court. No. no family court. No, they say it's to protect the identity. Yeah. No transparency in family court. Oh, they there has to be. Minors. You know, yeah. I think that's coming for family court, whether they like it or not. But there at some point will be cameras installed and yeah. tamper proof mics. Because, you know, I've been on these Zoom court watching things and you know if the judge doesn't like what the pro se is saying he just mutes them yeah mm -hmm. now you heard something about that go-to pediatrician oh last night i heard something uh dr passmore sarah passmore uh the go-to pediatrician uh that had a hand just and both times of stealing her kids um yeah i heard she uh is being looked at uh, because of another case where uh she uh I'll say, effect over a family. Well, it looks like right now that she's under fire. Now, I hope <clears throat> when this all comes down to her, if it does, that they will, hey, maybe we should look at these back cases of hers. Right, right. That might be a good idea, somebody. But <clears throat> we even brought in before, like uh, there's, I can't remember if we brought in court or not, but we had information that there was a couple that would be in prison today if her medical expertise had not been proven wrong in court. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. They'd be in prison today, but they bring in, brought in, able to bring in another expert to show that, you know, what her medical diagnosis is way off. Actually, it was two different, uh, two different medical experts. They were both out of state, but yeah. And this was a criminal trial too. Don't forget that. Mm -hmm. In another county. Yeah. You'd think they would, you know, say, okay, we see it, you know, let's take her out. But no, keep her in because you you need her because without her, you can't get the children. Because you give her a child, she will give you a case. And I've said it before, I say again, I wish I could take any child here and tell them you make sure they're in perfect shape, nothing wrong with them. I'll give you a storage with CPS, hand them to that doctor, and she will give you a case. Yeah, and she's had complaints against her about uh, yeah, about trying to steal about using junk science to steal kids. I mean to help steal kids. And uh, there was one complaint where it said she didn't get along with, uh, she was caught not getting along with other medical professionals yeah. and they didn't agree with her. She'd like scream at them or something. I mean, she'd argue with them real hard. And what's sad about this, <laughs> not too long ago, maybe, I don't know, a couple of years ago, she was with the, uh, the local crime reporter. Oh, yes. And Lord they did Lord a piece Lord. on her. And you'd think that she was Mother Teresa from that, from the crime reporter interviewing her. Oh, she's so good. She helps these children. Oh, what would we do without her? She's just a blessing from heaven for Tulsa. Blah, 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 blah. But Lori Fulbright, you look at my mugshot yeah. on her page. She's the one that uh, did a hatchet job on her, on her page and in the, on the news. Mm -hmm. And then everybody else, once they're, they're acquitted or the case is dismissed, she brings it up. Mm -hmm. But not one word crickets about her case being dismissed. 
And somebody's trying to reach out to her again to do a follow up on this, and she don't she don't want to talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she doesn't want to touch this case. Yeah, I wonder why. Mm-hmm. Come on, Lori, talk to me. <clears throat> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you're a reporter. Let's talk about transparency, shall we? Yeah, this is a yeah. crime reporter. Yeah, we on. got crimes going on. Mm-hmm. We just we've been talking about that, <laughs> as you know, Marianne. <laughs> Who was that crime reporter? Lori Fulbright. Lori Fulbright. <sighs> now she won't talk to you, or you just don't want to talk to her. I don't want to talk to her, but some of uh, our advocates tried to talk to her. And she wouldn't get back to him. And they dealt for many times in the past about things, but she doesn't want to touch this thing. Well, this sounds like a rigged case. Yes, it does, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. But so that's on so many levels because like I talk about dominoes. If you get this person for malfeasance, you have to get that person for malfeasance and that one and that one and that one and that one. So they don't want the dominoes to fall. Well, our, our adjudication trial definitely was rigged. Yeah. We won that. Mm-hmm. That's oh, why they won. did what they did. I mean, they changed our sworn testimony, our judgment. That's what I said. Denied the transcripts. I said to our lawyer, was the judge even there? Yeah. And she said, yes. And she didn't get my sarcasm. I mean, it's just like, uh, was the judge listening to the races? Because she sure was not listening in trial. Because we won that trial, just flat won it. We had the mm-hmm. evidence. We had mm-hmm. we we won the trial. We won that case. The there ADA, was nothing wrong with the children. Yeah, they perjured themselves. Uh huh. Yeah, the ADA was grasping at straws yeah. in his arguments. He'd object with something called a lack of foundation. What? what? And I also loved how he was questioning me. He questioned me about the children's birthdays because I figure when I did that. A lot of fathers are not that you know they can't tell you when their child's birthday is. And luckily, it just everything came to me. <laughs> Normally, I might not be able to tell you, but everything came to me. I could tell you when the day they were born, blah, 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 all that information. So he didn't get anywhere with that line of questioning. Yeah. He's trying to, I guess, show a disinterest on the part of the father. Yeah. And also trying to show us he's ignorant because he's asking, you know, uh, our amount of schooling or this and that. I don't care if I didn't, you know, I graduated high school. I don't care if I didn't. That doesn't mean I can't read a book. Right, right. And I can sure read an ER report. <laughs> yes. And if I can, I'll find those who can, unlike you. Mm-hmm. Oh, he knows what it was. Right. He knows what it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In his closing argument, he even tried to say that Nigel was not autistic. Or, well, I mean, yeah, he said because we were self-diagnosing him. Yeah. Like, the thing is, he was not diagnosed by the state until after the trial. Mm-hmm. So in his closing report, he's even. Yeah, it's closing argument. Yeah, yeah. he was uh because we because we uh, diagnosed him ourselves as autistic. I mean, it's obvious what he was. Mm-hmm. After a while, I was in denial for a while. I was denying that he was autistic, but then it's just so obvious. No, okay, yeah, he's autistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so his closing argument, uh, where he's getting on to us about diagnosing him ourselves right. without medical training, uh, and then he's but he himself is trying to say, well, this doesn't mean that he has it. Uh, and then even in the final judgment, it says. Uh, the parents without any diagnose without any medical background, uh, they uh, try to diagnose him. They self-diagnosed him, but then, of course, after that, he gets diagnosed with what yes, said. we were exactly right. But the ADA himself was being critical. That, I mean, yeah. saying uh, no, Nigel then may, may not have it. Doesn't mean he has it just because he's doing this, that, or the other thing. Like I bring up, they get on to us because we didn't have a doctor diagnosis after three years. 
Mm-hmm. But they had him with the state had him for over a year before they diagnosed him. Now, when does it become neglect? Six months, eight months, a year, two years, three years? I need to know for my, you know. But, yeah. you know, whatever we do is wrong. Whatever the state does is right. Yeah, and to get, into the, yeah, to get into the intense therapy, he needed the diagnosis. And they were stressing that intense therapy. Uh, he wasn't even in any kind of therapy until like a month after they took him. Right. Actually, he wasn't in anything. I even found an email that suggested, I mean, that, that confirms that, uh, that I'd written, I mean, that I sent out to my lawyer at the time. Same one that fed me to the lions, by but, the way. But I mentioned he was going through all this therapy when they hadn't even diagnosed him. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that you know, what, why would you give medicine? Yeah. I mean, he's going to uh, give medicine, but, but it's the same, the same thing. Do I give medicine to somebody for well over a year without even diagnosing it? Yeah, and then you wait. But they're getting therapy if I diagnose it. Yeah, and you wait a month to put them in anything. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, and I had actually forgotten about that until I came across that email the other night. But yeah, uh, yeah, he's got that. So he's got th- there's that, and uh, so no diagnosis. But they get on to us for not putting him in anything. Um, well, see, the very doctors yourself, you say I don't believe it. I don't believe there is no cure for autism. I believe autism can be greatly improved if not cured. There's just, we don't have, have all the information and a lot of the cutting edge treatments cost too much and nobody wants to touch them. But why should I send him to people who believe he can't be cured? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they made it sound like we didn't do anything. And I think I think I talked about this on your show before. That yeah. They made it sound, sound like uh, we didn't, they made it sound like we didn't do anything until after CPS arrived this time because uh, in the final judgment, it has the word after uh, I mean, that we started looking for something, no, that we found something after. Yeah, after we found one thing we would like to send him to that would have yeah. great help, but we found it, it after about, they take it. It was about a week and a half after the boys were taken. But, we, he was scrolling and he found something. But like we, a, we were always looking. Yeah, but like <laughs> I said, we were told by naturopaths and uh-huh. homopaths that we were on the right path. What we were doing for him. Yeah. Was yeah, even, right idea. yeah, even the cutting edge technology thing that he had found about a week and a half after the boys were taken. Yeah, a homeopath and everything. Yeah, they said it was fine. Uh, mm-hmm. So we found that after they were taken, but we never start. We had never. We had always looked, but when you read the final judgment, the word "after" is italicized. It's in bold, so it makes it look like uh, we didn't start looking. Or yeah, we didn't even start looking until after CPS arrived. Oh no, no we have to do something. No, I might mention it. something about that too because this advanced therapy that we found. They wouldn't do it because it wasn't covered by insurance. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. you're telling me you're willing to let this child mm-hmm. go through life autistic because it's not covered by insurance. And state has this child under their care and authority, and they're going to let it rot because the what it needs is not covered by insurance. And they said it was too far away too. Yeah, but it wasn't too <laughs> far away when they wanted to warehouse it. Yes, there was an uh, area nearby there. I mean, a town close to that where the cutting edge thing was, uh, there was a town that had a facility that they were talking about taking him to because, and it's a inpatient facility. Yeah. Um, they were where you got to get caught up on all your vaccines. Yeah. Basically, they were going they warehouse were him. They were willing to take him there if it was okay with us. We said, no, you're not warehousing. I could have done that a long time ago. That would have been the easy way out. And the pharmacy <laughs> worker at the time that we had at the time, she called me basically like a drama queen because I was getting upset. When I told her, uh, no, you're not doing this. No, you're not warehousing my child. And I'm the drama queen. Okay. Oh. I'll wear that as a badge of honor, but, you know, uh, he's my <laughs> son. 
It was over the phone. Yeah, yeah they uh, these caseworkers are just uh, over um, way too much power given to very oh, yes, and that emergency worker. Uh, yeah, it's one before we have right now. Uh, yeah, she uh, at the adjudication trial, she testified against me and basically committed perjury because uh, she was talking about something about my history that she knew nothing of. She's assumed, and so she's under oath and stating it as a fact. Perjury. And that helped them win their so-called case, but uh, but it wasn't even a fact about me. But this I'll mention about the perjury they do in uh-huh. court and sworn affidavits. You know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the assistant DA and the judge both know that these workers are perjuring themselves. They're fully aware of that. They don't care. Mm-hmm. Now, if I had said A instead of B, I got caught for perjury. See. I can't say, you know, give the wrong time of day. Um, well, it's interesting you mentioned that because everything you say when there's under oath. Well, yeah. now well, I'll, I'll go back to 2016. There was something I said. Evidently, I wasn't either, I either was not believed or they thought, oh, maybe she's just uh, having a delusion or something. Because I just, when we first went in, one of the first times we went in, uh, we were standing in front of the judge and, uh, and I said something. Oh, yeah, it was the second time we went in. And I said something about the hospital because um, they had accused me of not feeding the newborn. And so I, um, it's something that, yeah, I was trying to do everything I could. And I even had three different breastfeeding consultants. Mm-hmm. And so, and the judge was listening to that. And then it's all disregarded. There's no record of me saying that. And I even had the hospital report. I had gotten the hospital records from my stay at the, uh, on the, on the maternity ward. And guess what? None of those three are mentioned. It's like almost as if it never happened. It's almost as if they took it out maybe because I testified about that. Hmm. And remember, they're accusing me of neglecting him at the hospital. I mean, not feeding him properly. So the three consultants, uh, what is that, a figment of your imagination, Tancet? Or are you a liar? No, that's Uh, another thing. When they first, we're going back to the first time children were taken. I wanted the complete reports everything that happened at the hospital and the names of all attending nurses, et cetera, et cetera. The hospital did not give them to me because that was security concern. Then what do you do? I went down to get the records myself. <laughs> I couldn't wait for my attorney. Right. It was a court appointed attorney. She went, she took her t- married time. She, I don't even think she ever saw them. And we were about to go to trial. Mm-hmm. And I had them. I had yeah. them on a CD. See, oh, yeah. I had them on a CD. time, it's been our own going forth and doing things that the law, our lawyers should have done. Right. We got the uh, records from the hospital. We got the ER records from the hospital. We got uh, the uh, police video. Mm-hmm. We did all these things that our attorneys, even our private attorneys, couldn't accomplish. We did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and those records from the uh, maternity ward, 2016, by the way, that's also St. Francis. Mm-hmm. This is where our younger son was born. When this happened in 2016. Okay. Well, um, when I went there, yeah, they told me that uh, it would, and the the receptionist, I'll give her credit. She was very nice, uh, what she did for me. Um, So I told her that um, I need my records. Okay. And so with the, without an attorney, they're going to cost me. Well, the thing is, and this could be an example of the right hand not knowing what the left hand is doing. Well, she, uh, so I wouldn't have to pay for them or even wait on my attorney or whatever. Uh, she burned them to a CD. Hmm. So I was able to get them. I, I brought them home. And I could not believe what I was seeing. Every, almost every nurse, I was there four days and 
every nurse except for one had a negative report on me. And uh, all, all those nurses, uh, the pediatric nurses anyway, and um, everything was negative and my words were twisted, of course. And, um, and as, I read, as I read that report, if I remember correctly, the uh, manager CPS originally did not want to take the child. But the social uh, worker at the hospital well, kept pushing for it. Now, this that's what the report said. Oh, I know. Whether or not um, it was that way or not, I it, don't know. Yeah, and the thing is, yeah, that's the supervisor of yeah. uh, the bitch that took our kids. Okay. Uh, the CPS worker. Okay. Well, that's the same one though, that even talked to us back at the uh, shelter and that looked us in the eye and said the case was closed uh, at yeah. our new apartment. Okay. <laughs> and she and she grabbed our older son, Nigel. Um, okay. Well, anyways, uh, yeah, her supervisor, David. Yeah, he had a, yeah, David Cornell. And her name's Courtney Duncan, by the way. Okay, mm -hmm. but David, yeah, it's on that record that uh, a social worker at the hospital uh, had called him right around the time that Nigel was about to be about to be snatched uh, from the advocacy center with Dr. Passmore and all of them. Um, and that she was saying, uh, I mean, he, was, that he said that he was saying to her, uh, let her take the newborn home. And then she says, don't. Now this social worker at the hospital yeah, and I just don't believe that happened. I mean, there was involvement with that social worker at the hospital because she's a plant, basically. But the thing is, uh, I needed a car seat. So the, why, why the social worker's there? Because uh, I needed a car seat, just like a lot of others. Yeah, you had um, that car seat. You're out of hospital. Yeah, and so we, uh, yeah, and we ended up talking about something, um, and somehow the subject of vaccines had come up actually. Homeschooling yeah. too. Should no, that was a nurse. Oh. That was a nurse. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ever but talk about homeschool. Yeah, and they were already involved. Yeah, and they were already involved. But <laughs> yeah, and even in the, the hospital records, it said something about how I mentioned homeschool. Yeah. And it wasn't really used against me on that, even in the records, it didn't look too negative. Right. But yeah, but it's all it all factors in. So um, now, see, that's another big thing here. Basically, this is social engineering. Mm -hmm. you don't have what? Okay. You don't have you don't have to break laws. Uh -huh. You just have to not be raising your child the way we don't think you should. Right. That's what it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even our, even our uh, private attorney family court said that she even um, to, mentioned to the uh, assistant DA, "This is just social engineering. There's mm -hmm. no need to even do this case." It's just they don't like the way they're raising their children. Not that their children are any danger, not their children are being harmed. They just don't like the way they're raising them. Yeah, but then at the trial, they the big thing really, when it comes down to it, was me. They were acting like it was safe, unsafe to be around me. Yeah. But yet we still had our visits. Mm -hmm. You know, for a long time, they were just completely blowing us off till we had that one team meeting. Which one? Oh, the January well, one? My, my last lawyer, lawyer I had now. Mm -hmm. And she said, are there, any, you know, well, what are the safety concerns? And the, the worker had to say, well, there are none. Well, <laughs> there's no safety concerns. Mm -hmm. Even that, there's no safety concerns. Mm -hmm. So why aren't they getting more visitation? Why aren't we getting them reunited? Why, why, why? No, I, no answer, crickets. Yeah, this was January 2022. And uh, they falsified that the summary of that. Go ahead and just look at something. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And they falsified the summary of that team meeting. And then months later, we have another one. And these, oh yeah, in January, yeah, we had a we, we had a, a couple advocates um, that 
were there. And I think that's what protected us. That's probably mm -hmm. why they didn't say anything about, I think they were about ready to railroad us. And then um, months later, we had different advocates. This is in May, 2022. And uh, one of the one of our advocates started talking about uh, going to the federal level. So she's basically talking about like prison and stuff. And they cut her off. Yeah. <laughs> and so we still have our other advocates, but um, they, they and to this day, actually, we haven't even got a summary on that meeting. <laughs> you know, these these team meetings are sad, but thing is, you kind of you figure out how they run them, and you can use their own stuff against them. It's just like they'll tell you start don't interrupt anyone. Let them talk, don't interrupt, and you just wait because they will interrupt you. And then you catch them on it. Say, wait a minute, we're not supposed to interrupt because <clears throat> they will interrupt you while you're talking. And mm -hmm. they'll, you know, the monitor, they're supposed to be fair and balanced. You know, no, they're not. But the thing is, uh, and I think half of the trouble I'm having with the children's right. lawyer, uh -huh. yeah, because of uh, the team meetings and other things that were said there. Because I caught her and showed that she'd never even read the yard reports. She knows very little or nothing about the case. And I showed her up. And these people that think they're super intelligent when they're not, you don't point that out to them. <laughs> right. Yeah, they don't like to hear that. No, they don't like that at all. So what is your the date of your next it's hearing? 19th, January 19th. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've been working on trying to get this stopped before the 19th. They just put, it's yeah. just stop it, put a stop to it. But now, right now, it's looking like we're going to be going to court. And like I said, anything can happen. They can give the children back. But the thing is, even if they say it's over, we give the children back. You made nothing right. You've just done everything wrong for three years. You made nothing right. So we still are looking for restitution and we're still looking for prosecution. People have broken laws and it wasn't us. Mm. Uh, like you're thinking of taking this to federal court yeah and i i've been wanting to i had the paperwork i mean over a year ago i had the paperwork uh and i i'm gonna i'm gonna i had problems with it um yeah it's confusing and then i try to get help with it and i can't find any uh even the attorneys i talked to wanted to charge me just for looking at over what i have so that they can help with it and that makes no sense of course but just like they won't show us the transcripts of the trial because they want us to pay for them, won't give it to us. Our attorneys can go in there and look at them. But now, first, originally I was told that these transcripts should not even be taken from the court. And now I found out if you pay for it, you can take it from the court. But before we've had lawyers tell the lawyers that you can't take it from the court. You can only read it there. But now we've been told if you pay for it, you can take it. That doesn't make any sense, does it? No. You you told one thing, another. Like I said, I've had six lawyers, mm -hmm. so you know. And every time one of my lawyers just about had, had kind of understanding what's going on, understanding the case, new lawyer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and our appeal was sabotaged, so you can't get it from that right. uh, the, the transcripts. Um, and yeah, they always come back to well, you had your chance on appeal, uh, but it was sabotaged um, for different reasons, of course. Um, but I mean, but in different ways. And uh, then, so we still have a right to those transcripts. And of course we don't have a lot of money and, and fraud was committed. That's a fact. And uh, so we, we need those transcripts. And I'm not sure, but I think one of my lawyers actually got oh, half did. of the transcripts. The one you have now. No, yes, not that did. one. one oh yes. Yeah. 
Yes. Not, um, for at least from one of the days, not yeah, both days. So one of your lawyers. And then I never I, got them. I only found out about because I was uh, uh, talking to a third party about something totally different. And then they ended up telling me that they had that. So someone had the transcripts for a while. I mean, one of the lawyers. And uh, and then we hear something about But then your current attorney has had a hold of them herself. Yeah. And she was reading it off to you about the... But she said she couldn't take him out of the courtroom. This other lawyer had actually had a copy. Well, that was actually when we were still in the process of appeal. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So that makes more sense, but mm. we sh- still should have been told about it. But we no never got to see lawyer. him. Yeah. We never got to see him. I know. Him. He was no longer your lawyer at that yeah. time. And he never even told you either. No. That's the same one that got confused about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, confused, quote, unquote, confused. Yeah. Uh, about visits, uh, it was almost as if he didn't understand English. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were trying to ask for our children to be sent to one of our doctors. Mm-hmm. And later on, they finally agreed to that. And But this lawyer said, we're trying to get you more visitation time. It's just like, do, do you speak English? Oh, man. And that's one of the lawyers, you know. And they, he, then he was pretty priced, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was actually a temporary person. Yeah. Yeah. They're all temporaries. Um, well, I mean, he acknowledged that he was at, mm-hmm. at first. Yeah. Um, but still, he should have said something, yeah, about the transcript. Uh, but yeah, your current lawyer has seen them. Yeah. And she was reading part of it out to you about the minimized weights. Right. Uh, so-called minimizing the boys' weights. Yeah, but we never said that. I know. And she was defending them. Right. She was making excuses about why. They, but and, and whatever she was saying really didn't make sense. See, I, I think I brought that before. What was in there, what they, where they changed their transcript, they said on the final judgment that we minimized the boys' weights. To my knowledge, nowhere did we ever minimize the boys' weights. We always maintained their weights were fine. Always. Mm-hmm. As backed up by the ER report and the charts from the WHO and CDC. Yeah, now that the final judgment says that we uh, said that they were small for their age, that we said they were small for their age, they were small or underweight, whatever. And that's because of because uh, the mother is short. Well, you are. Yeah. But I don't, remember say, I don't remember ever even saying that. Even small. if we, yeah, I know. But even if we said that, why would we say it's because of uh, my height? Uh, height has nothing to do with weight. Right. I compare it to like a, if I give somebody a fail, a fail on a map, if I fail somebody on a map test, say you get an F on a map, map test. Okay, say I fail a map test. I'm sorry. Say I fail a map test. And then I say it's because uh, I'm no good at history. That yeah. makes no sense. Well, and then find out, I didn't even, uh, yeah, it turns out I didn't even fail the map test. The teacher just had it out for me. <laughs> well, well, I like <laughs> to point out, I never, I'm not saying the children are small, but if they are small, mm-hmm. And they're also both on the chart for their weight. How could they even look malnourished? If anything, they would look plump. If they're mm-hmm. small and within their weight, they would be fat. Right. <laughs> they, they could be petite. Yeah. People are petite boned. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. And like I said, and I, I'm sure I pointed this out somewhere, but even in 2016, with the weight thing, it's even more. But see, they, yeah. they, that's just the fact they weren't beneath the weight what they should be. But even if they were, which they weren't, they're still in fine health. I mean, many people have children that are actually off the chart. But that doesn't mean there's any problem with that child. But it sure it is when CPS is after you. Mm-hmm. But in this case, 
the flight was fine. That's what blew my mind when we got the ER reports, how blatant it was. It's obvious that these children are fine. Mm-hmm. It's obvious these children are within the way, and they're obvious there's no dark circles around their eyes. Mm-hmm. This is all obvious. And by the way, if there were, why didn't you take some time step photographs? You had plenty of opportunity. That would just, bam, that would prove your case. Where's mm-hmm. the pictures of the dark dark circles around their eyes? And actually, yeah, yeah. And actually on the video, when you zoom in, there's no dark circles. Yeah, you can zoom in on the video. We have. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. yeah. You shouldn't have yeah. to be going through this. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, when you go back even further, uh, 2016 with Nigel, um, even if his height and what, see, he, he was normal, normal height, normal weight for his age group, as we have evidence, and the day that they took him. And uh, the thing is, uh, when the doctor said that she uh, he wasn't um, and blamed it, I mean, she said that the only reason she can come to is because the parents are not feeding him properly. Okay, when a child, if a child's underweight, I have medical literature that says you have to give laboratory testing. He didn't have that. And it would have been for something that he didn't have anyway, because he was normal weight and normal height. So you're saying that something was caused by not being fed properly by the parents when it's something that there was no problem to begin with. You're giving somebody a diagnosis that they don't have and then blaming the parents. Mm -hmm. That is backwards. And you thought we'd never have the proof either. And you thought we didn't read medical literature. You're caught. I mean, yeah. there's no way around it. You're caught. And that's what started this. That's how oh. she got the kids. That's how they got the kids. By saying Nigel was under, under, underfed, underweight. And then they came to the hospital and got the newborn. Mm-hmm. And tried to say I was crazy. Because they know I have a history. They can, they can just make up anything they want. I don't have any witnesses. It's my word against hospital staff. But yet they left me alone with my newborn off and on for four days. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, you have to notify staff. Now, you've worked in medical. I'm sure this, you can confirm maybe um, if uh, somebody is a danger to an infant, I'm sure, then you have to say, don't leave this woman alone or don't leave this person alone with this infant. This infant is defenseless. Mm -hmm. Get somebody in here at all times if she is going to be, if they are going to be with this infant or Mm -hmm. someone that is defenseless like a child. You cannot leave them alone if they are that crazy. So crazy that they're about to come and get your kids. Sorry about we've that. Had, we've had more than one medical person look at those airports. We had mm-hmm. the doctor, then on a podcast we was doing, had a nurse oh, yes. look at the medical reports and said the children are fine. Yeah, and even one of our four advocates, advocates uh, she was a nurse in the Army. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, that wouldn't have been enough, he said, for when, when your lawyer said, no. or any of your but friends. See, that we've had, you know, that's multiple medical personnel have looked over these reports and said the children are fine. It's not mm-hmm. just us saying it. Mm-hmm. One's a combat uh, medical nurse. Yeah. One's a regular nurse, and one was a family doctor. Yeah, but you said the combat nurse, which is one of the four friends that we had, when when uh, your lawyer said, uh, "Are there any of these people? Do they have credentials?" You said even the army nurse would probably be not be enough. Probably not be enough. That's so why. That's why, we, that's that's why we was, we went, Then we went to the doctor. Went to the yeah. doctor. I thought, well, we got this sewed up. No, we see it plainly what it is. We got a doctor verifying it as what it is, and the, the family court. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Okay, let's go look at the eldest child now. Let's disregard everything we did, all the rights we violated, but we don't like the way you treated his autism, which we haven't diagnosed yet, by the way. Yeah, see, this is it seems ridiculous unless you're going through it. That's why I say people listen to this podcast, they're going to think, no, 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 it's just just too blatant. No, couldn't happen. Well, it did twice. 
Yeah, well, that ADA, yeah, well, that ADA, he was really trying to cover his tracks. He was involved from the beginning because on the the police video, it shows one of the workers calling him, trying to get a verbal order. So he knew what was going on. I mean, luckily he denied the verbal order. That's good. I'll give him credit there. But then uh, he went after us hard. He's on he's on the writ of assistance. Uh, his name. So I mean, he he allowed this. I mean, and the writ of assistance well, said. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I don't give yeah. him credit because I think why he didn't give the verbal order because mm-hmm. if he had, that probably would have been thrown out in court. I know, but that would have just gotten kids out. Yes, but by waiting I mean, for the written order, it allowed him to keep them because uh-huh. he gave the verbal order. And then all this stuff came down like it did. We could probably have it overturned in court. Yeah, but the verbal order would have given them grounds to come in. And you were still, I was home with the boys. You were you were away. Yeah. So I, you know, that would have been very, that would have been even more traumatic in all a right. way. So um, so I, I'm just looking at it from that angle. But yeah, I see where, I see where you're coming from. But still, uh, yeah, but he knew, the thing is, it, it's still evidence that he knew what was going on from the beginning. But also it shows the, the mindset of these CPS workers Go in, get them. Give me a verbal order. Okay, we didn't get the verbal order. Please go in and get them. The police you know, said, no, we can't. You didn't get a verbal order. We don't have any written order. If you get a written order, we'll go in and get them. And then when the written order came down, police refused to act on it. Shouldn't that be kind of a flag for somebody when yeah. the police refused to act on it? Yeah, and if the kids were in danger, why not just come in? Yeah. Uh, but they were wanting them to go to the medical check with passport, the same one. That's that, that's the that, whole that deal. Accused, that accused us of not feeding it when he, he was normal weight, normal height. Oh, this that's is like that, that's what I want people to, to understand. It's not like okay, we want to send to a medical check. No, you don't. No, you don't. If you want to send a medical check, you'd be willing to send them to any doctor of of choice. No, we want to send them to our doctor because uh-huh. our doctor will give us a case. That's how CPS works. You know, they say, we just want to send a medical check. We just make sure they're okay. No, you want to send to your go-to pediatrician, which if you give her a kid, she will give you a case. And that's been proven again and again and again that her medical expertise is out of left field. Oh, that's disgusting. It is. Mm -hmm. And what parents need to know is this can happen to anyone. Yeah, that's what they don't Mm -hmm. get. A lot of people don't get this and no, don't they don't until it happens to them. Right. Right. And when you try to explain your case or something of, you know, when they ask questions, then they kind of just walk away from you. They, they don't want to hear it. Uh, right. I don't know if they're I don't it doesn't matter. They've got to hear it that because I mean, I had two indications of emotional child abuse I was exonerated from. But they were within four days after I was exonerated of the first one. They came after me with the second indication of emotional child abuse. And these people are so ignorant. They're so undereducated or uneducated, and they should be abolished. Yeah, I agree. CPS should be abolished. It's, it's beyond repair. Yes. Just get rid of it. Yes, because it's just damaging yeah. these kids. And, uh, you know, these judges must know about these ACEs scores. They, they know... See, that's that's my problem. These judges have to know Mm -hmm. what's going on. These DAs have to know what's going on. They don't care. Mm -hmm. Don't care. It's all about the money. That's why I always that's why I bring up again and again. As long as you have judges as your rubber stamp, anything CPS hands them. 
as long as you allow CPS to purge himself with impunity, as long as you allow these go-to pediatricians, you give a child, give a case, this is never going to stop. It just goes on and on and on. Mm -hmm. And then, like I said, there's money in it. Your child is an ATM. Mm -hmm. They're making money off this child. You, you know, somebody say, oh, oh, yes, yeah, you're making money off this child. More than they ever would think. Yeah. Oh, it's disgusting. This is kids for cat. This is human trafficking. Yeah. Well, let's see. That's it. And when, because we have brought up these points in different podcasts, that's why our children's attorney tried to use that against us in court to keep us from getting trial unification. Because we, I don't believe I personally ever said it was human trafficking. I mean, it is, but I don't believe I'd ever personally said that on a podcast. But I said many other things I wish that she had brought up. Because I brought up a lot of the inconsistencies and things going on. But for some reason, children just turned into one, bring those things up in court. Just something that might make the judge not let us keep the children. Mm. Well, I think she was trying to make us out to be crazy people. Yeah. Or, or maybe me crazy. Well, since I'm the one that they're targeting, see, mm-hmm. the way it works in family court in a two-parent household, I mean, the husband and wife, what they often do is uh, if a parent is like mentally ill or perceived to be, Mm-hmm. I'm just perceived to be because I'm not mentally ill. But anyways, um, if they're perceived to be or they actually are mentally ill, and the other parent does not like it, uh, the thing is they'll call the other if they stay with them, they'll call them an enabler. Yeah. They oh yeah. That... Enabling argument. Some people actually have lost their kids over that. Oh yeah. The other parent is not protecting the children from the crazy parent, so uh, they're an enabler, and therefore they do not deserve their kids. Oh yeah, they always call the mother mentally ill. I'm sure they call guys or or veterans, you know, mentally ill as well. But I mean, I was called mentally ill and uh, mentally unstable, and I'm like, this. You've got caseworkers that are out of control, and oh, yeah. America needs to know this. And you guys are proof of it. I'm proof of it. They're out of control. They need to be abolished. And you know, if. Whoever calls in a false accusation, their names must be mentioned. You must know who your accuser is. Yes. Yeah, Mm. even if it's not a false accusation. But um, in our case, like the second time, if if that neighbor did report us, and let's just say that she, uh, and the boys are small for their age, but if she actually believed we were uh, underfeeding them, that neighbor, um, then... Uh, can we uh, have an argument that it's false? Because if she actually believed that, I mean, is there anything that we could, I mean, how do you fight that? I mean, how do you say it's possibly even false? The boys were small for their age, but they're not being underfed. So if she perceived them as that, when they are small for their age, they're healthy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, how do you, I mean, can you actually call that a false accusation? I mean, we know they were not starved. I mean, how do you, I mean, that seems like a gray area there, but. Well, whatever, whatever reason this person, whether it is off their meds, whatever, whatever reason <laughs> they call, mm-hmm. CPS using this as an excuse. Mm-hmm. And thing is also like, um, if you don't cooperate with them, it's just like, they can't, they can't handle that. It's just like some of these police cannot handle when a woman says no to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They go, I mean, you see, you see these police triggered when a woman says no. Men, they get triggered mm-hmm. because that, you know, beat the wise and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. But CPS, I guess, you know, the first petition, why we didn't do certain things, that's the reason they use excuse to take shot. The second petition, because we didn't cooperate with them. 
Well, guess what? There's no law that says you have to cooperate with state agent. You don't. Matter of fact, you're stupid if you do. Because they're not there for your benefit. Yeah, and what parents need to know is um, don't sign anything when they come into your house. I mean, I was dumb enough to let them, this banshee in my house. And she had me sign this paper, but there was nothing written. She just wanted my signature. Right. I'm like, okay. You know, I, I didn't think anything of it. There was nothing written. Um, it, it was, I guess, to say she was in my home. I don't know what that was. But Just like the first time they took my eldest child, and they said, well, take her for a medical injury. I thought nothing of it. Mm-hmm. I know the kid is fine. You know, why not go? You know, this will get them off our backs. Right. Agree and go. And then this whole medical facility is like a, a jailhouse. Yeah. And that's one of my first indications. Now, this ain't a doctor's office. This is a jailhouse. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got locks and bars and stuff like that. Oh. And, and then you're not allowed to go back. What parent isn't allowed to go back when you, when you examine the child? You're not allowed to go back when they're examining yeah. your child. Yep. Yeah. Well, I want to have you guys back on for an update after the 19th. You know, um, how can people reach you? Well, you have a uh, Facebook page. Okay. I have a Facebook page as well. And we also have our Give Some Go. Mm-hmm. But any of those is a good way of getting in touch with us. Okay. Mm-hmm. Give Sing Go. Give Sing Go. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And we are, we've been bled financially dry. Right. I mean, yeah, I have, I have to bring that because it's not just our legal debt that we got into. Our eldest child has going to have a lot of medical bills coming up because of things we're trying to do to help him improve his autism. Mm-hmm. So the, even if we couldn't do it, he's going, there's going to be expenses for the rest of his life if mm-hmm. we can't get him better, which mm-hmm. I believe you can if you get him to the right therapy. But until then, there's going to be. I, so there's expenses everywhere we've got. There's expenses with uh, the legal, paying off the legal debt, and there's expenses with his medical expenses in the future. So, you know, any yeah. help is appreciated on that. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, uh, help us heal this breakdown of our family unit. I mean, they have they destroyed it. I mean, I don't want to say destroyed, but they- Well, they did a good job. Yeah, they, yeah, same here. It's not like it used to be. We're trying to get back to that. And money can help. But I mean, it takes more than that. But I mean, more than just money. But I mean, I mean, it's a start. Mm -hmm. um, You know, when you have kids, you know, they like a lot of stuff. But, um, and our younger son, he's gotten better as far as like the way he treats us. I mean, in some ways. Um, But, you know, I think he, uh, if he has more to entertain, to keep his mind going, maybe some things that, some expensive things a little bit, you know, maybe that can help a little bit. It's been been rough on him because he's raised by somebody else. Right. Two years of very important part of his growing up. Mm -hmm. And he's young, barely more than a baby when he's taken. And then he's raised by these other people for about two and a half years. And then he's back with us. You know, we've had regular visitation, but still, we weren't raising them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we have had overnight visits, weekend, full weekends, and everything. Uh, um, and then once they started, I know they were coaching him. They had to have been. Oh yeah. Once uh, it got closer to trial reunification, of course. Uh, then his attitude changed. I mean, uh, for the worse. I mean, uh, and even my like lawyer said, it looks yeah. like they're trying to buy his affection. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, I think CPS also aids in alienating these kids from their parents. They're good at that. Well, hey, don't jump off. Slam the Gavels, a podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, and Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth. Please join us again here with Reggie and Tamsin Bowles here in the future and uh, other exciting guests. Thank you for speaking out. Thank you. You Thank you.